Welcome to NCAGT's podcast. Our mission is to dismantle the they'll be fine myth that often surrounds gifted learners. Our goal is to address the excellence gap faced by high ability students, including those from diverse backgrounds. Join us as we advocate for gifted and talented scholars to unlock their full potential. Please note the ideas and thoughts shared here are as diverse as our guests, not always reflecting the official NCAGT stance. So keep an open mind and let's explore a variety of perspectives together. In this episode of They'll Be Fine, Catherine interviews Rodney Allen, the current coordinator of the North Carolina Governor's School. He also works as a part of the Office of Advanced Learning and Gifted Education at the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction. In this episode, Rodney is joined by Kimberly Jones, who is a 2023 North Carolina Teacher of the Year. Together, Rodney and Kimberly discuss their journey with North Carolina Governor's School. The Governor's School of North Carolina is the oldest statewide summer residential program for gifted and talented high school students in the nation. They discuss their journey attending Governor's School as students and how that has changed now that they are teachers there. Enjoy the episode. It's a great one. I just think it's so cool that I make sure I get in this correct, that you both went to governor's school and then you both actually have taught there as well. So what was that like, like getting to actually teach or is like being able to be a part of something that you actually went through when you were younger? Kim, you want to go ahead? Yeah, it was incredible, especially understanding what governor's school meant for me as a young person and the transformational nature of that summer it was a a huge motivation in my efforts as a facilitator and a teacher to create the kind of learning experiences and learning opportunities that would allow my students to explore some of the same ideas and principles and perhaps delve into similar conversations. And while the topics, of course, weren't the same because times change and mores change, but the opportunity to move beyond education as this kind of transactional behavior to one of of deep personal and intellectual growth in the case of the courses that I was teaching, particularly the kind of growth driven by discourse and the uh, exchange and interplays of ideas. And I, I think it it definitely made me more conscientious as a teacher, understanding how quickly the summer goes by, that you want every class session, every optional seminar to be planned and guided in a way that allows students to immediately dive in so they can have some of those meaningful and perhaps even life-changing takeaways at the end of the summer. So it was uh, overall a huge motivator um, and a wonderful framework for me to go from student to teacher. I love that. I just think of the lens that now you like can look, you could look through while teaching and just thinking about, okay, I remember what it was like when I was in those shoes. That's beautiful. What great, um, what great tools in your toolbox. (laughs) 
Absolutely. And every group of students is unique with unique needs. But we also know that just as classroom teachers, as educators, there are certain norms of that age. And so being able to remember myself at that age and apply that knowledge and just the, the even including the small realities, being away from home. Um, and being away from home for some of our kids for the very first time, having that frame of mind as a reference, because Governor's School is an all-inclusive community, which is very different from most of our students, where they are living and working and learning and growing in a shared space. So keeping that mindset from my own experience of being away from home for the first kind of significant time in my life was also super helpful. Yeah. And I think for me, similarly, when I went to governor's school, it was a very unique experience. I come from a very small county. I come from Surrey County. And so, you know, I often say to people going to governor's school was choosing to go to governor's school rather than work in tobacco fields that summer. So that was a pretty, pretty easy call. (laughs) And, um, but remembering that transition, as Kim stated, of being away from home for a long time, being with students who are very different than the students I was used to uh, in my homeschool, not, that's not to, denigrate the students in my homeschool or anywhere. I had a wonderful high school experience, um, but just something different and being exposed to that. And then when I became a teacher at the governor's school, having that knowledge of the student experience, there was quite a gap. I was a student in, there was a 12 year gap between the time I was a student and when I became a teacher at the governor's school. But I still could remember what that was like and that experience and remembering that the governor's school also, even as a student, I noticed like the, the experience was different for different students, right? There were different things. Some students were much more comfortable being away from home. They'd had lots of experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Some less. And just as as you become a teacher and then an administrator of the school, um, keeping that in mind and remembering the varied experiences of students and the amazing, you know, sort of for me, it really broadened my horizon as far as what options there were. There were things that like I had seen on TV but I'd never experienced in person. I remember going to the the Governor's School Orchestra concert and just being blown away. I had never, there was no one in my life who played an upright bass or a violin. And Mm -hmm. to see that and be like, oh, like this person that I met on my hall, they can do this or go to see a a play. And it's all made up of my peers. And that was just really a, a grand experience. And providing that for students and also reminding students who are reluctant about like, why do we have to go to this? Or why do we have to go to that? I I often share with them, like when I was 16 years old, there are a lot of things at governor's school that would not have been on my to-do list when I was at home, but because I was pushed to do that at governor's school, I experienced some things that I truly loved and valued the experience. And so I want to give that to to students, but I think you're onto something as well, Catherine, that um, it does give you being able to look at it from the perspective of student and what it provided us, and then also sort of taking it as a little bit of your charge to provide that for students and give them that opportunity as well. And then when you have students who have different expectations or different needs, being open to that and also helping them navigate that. Both Kim and I taught a course called Area 3, um, which is often referred to as self and society. And in that class, it's about listening. One of the things that uh, I'm proudest of, and I, I may mention this again later, is several students this year on their end of session survey put that they felt they were a more empathetic student or empathetic individual because of their time at governor school. And I think that is a real, a real victory for everybody, that this is a place they came to and learned to listen and see conversations as a place of learning and growth and understanding of others. 
And I, I will follow up with Rodney's point to say that I think those skills in particular are incredibly necessary for gifted and talented students specifically because so much of their in-school work is focused on those gifts and talents and the deliverable measures of learning. I think that growth in, in interpersonal proficiency is all the more important. And I think it's one of the things, not to, to jump forward, but I think it's one of the things that makes governor's school unique from those any other opportunity that our students might have. And I just want to say, I think um, that students themselves are able to recognize that and to note it in an evaluation is huge because that kind of self-awareness, especially for gifted students, often comes later in life after a great deal of personal work. <laughs> that reminds me of like, whenever... I went to college, we had to take a certain amount of courses and like completely outside of our major. And at times you were like, why am I taking this? I don't care about this. But then I feel like by the end, man, it just made you such a more like well-rounded individual. And like the exposure, that's what I was thinking about is the exposure to like all of these different topics and ideas and things that you've just never even touched before, but they have that exposure. And I wonder how many kids left with a new interest or like I don't know, like we're exposed to something and then all of a sudden, then they like went through that pathway. We're going to push the pause button for just a second to share some really exciting news. NCAGT's annual conference is heading to Greensboro, North Carolina on March 14th and 15th, 2024. This is an event you won't want to miss. For the latest updates on registration, keynotes, and all the things conference related, head over to ncagt.org. And here's the best part. If you have a burning question or need more information, we've got you covered. Just shoot us an email at conference at ncagt.org. All right, let's get back to it. So for someone who has never heard of Governor's School, how would you describe it to them? So I think one of the phrases we rely on is that we want an engaging learning community. That's what we're trying to build each year. And when I say build it each year, certainly we have procedures and policies and everything in place that we follow each year. And But each year we have completely different students. We don't have, students are not allowed to attend multiple years. So you have brand new students coming in every year, no expectations. In the high school where I taught, you would always have a few kids who are like, that's not how we do things here. Even after I've been there 20 years, they still be like, you don't understand, Mr. Allen. I'd be like, oh, thanks. But at the governor's school, you're freed from that burden because you can do, try things different each year. And also with it being a summer program, there is, there's a lot of turnover in all levels of education, but it's governor school, just the very nature of it, there's turnover. And we get faculty from all over the country who come in for our students. And each year it is a unique accomplishment, what we build, because we want students to help shape the direction of what we do. We certainly have ideas and expectations and, and requirements for our instructors. But we also know that if there is, something that happens during the session, whether that's something within our community or nationally or internationally, like we need to be a school that is nimble enough to pivot and allow kids to express themselves regarding that. We also need to be a place that allows them to discuss it, that allows them to be open to the fact that, okay, here's my gut reaction and understand that two days later, they may come to a different conclusion. And so helping them. And I think 
I've heard this from people at governor school and from people who've observed governor school from the outside that one of the unique things is kids come in a particular area. They are there for a particular discipline and we call them area one. And their area one is two classes a day, but the other classes they have, they are intermingled with students from all different areas. And that is by design so that they meet students from all over the state and different disciplines, but also so they hear different perspectives. We don't want them just to be with the same students all day. And, and I apologize, I don't remember the context or the source of this, but I do remember several years ago someone saying, oh, North Carolina Governor School, Area two and area three are the important things because that's what mixes the students. The self and society I referenced earlier and the area two is a foundations of knowledge course um, that students take as well. But it really gets kids thinking and listening and, and that's where a lot of the growth happens. I, The experience in area one is amazing and I, I'm not trying to limit that, but it is, I think what sets it apart is you're gonna meet amazing students. You're gonna meet people from all over the state, different perspectives. And if you listen and go all in, you're going to learn and grow in ways that, that you hadn't expected. And I think for all the work we do, I have a good friend that I went to governor school with who said one time, she said, all the things you do with classes and activities, that's amazing. I'm so glad you did it. But really, uh, it was just being around the other kids that was life changing for me. And mm -hmm. so and there's keeping that in mind, that's an invaluable portion of what we're able to do. The kids in this state are amazing. This is almost giving me like Harry Potter vibes in a way, because it's like these kids getting to come to the school and they're part of their house, but they're also like intermingling with all these other kids and just like the friendships that they come away with and getting to be with people like you who, and like in a safe place. I think that just sounds really special. But the selection letters, we were not allowed to deliver those by owl anymore after I think it was 1983. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. That's so cool. Who is eligible and how do they apply? What, what do deadlines look like? What does that whole process look like? Students are eligible primarily it's rising seniors. We do allow exceptions for rising juniors in a few of the arts areas, choral music, instrumental music, and dance. And that is just to fill out those areas. If you do come as a rising junior, you cannot come more than once. We're limited just because we only are allowed to take 800 kids and we have we don't have data on how many kids apply across the state, but the number of applications that make their way to us is between 17 and 1800 each year. So, you know, we have a lot of kids who want to come who don't get to. So we, yeah. you know, you can only come once. They apply in one of the 10 areas. Uh, we have five in the academics and five uh, in the arts and, or I should say they're all academics, but more artistic and more core. And they apply in that area and they have specific essays they have to answer that are one is an essay. Everyone answers. The five core areas, they answer things particular to theirs. And then in the five artistic areas, they have an audition process that they do, which is uh, something they record and submit. The deadline for that answer is a little bit complicated. The deadline to submit things to the state is December 15th. But any students who are listening, your local school has a deadline prior to that because you have to submit to the school before they can choose whether or not to send you on to the state. So that deadline is very different from district to district. And we also have we have public schools, private schools, charter schools, home schools, and that that deadline can be different for any of those depending on their processes. Gotcha. Um, so what would you say, we've, I feel like we've already covered several benefits, but what would you say are the benefits of attending governor's school, making that commitment, putting the time in to apply all of that stuff? 
What are the benefits when you get to actually attend? I, I think the, the benefits are as varied as the students that we end up serving. Um, but I'll speak broadly. Rodney had hinted at one already. Um, I think it's an incredible immersive experience for students who come from very different geographic regions in our state. Catherine, you had said something earlier about um, coming to a place where you feel safe because everyone's like you. And the thing that motivated me or, or excited me the most about Governor School was the opportunity to be in a place where, yes, everyone has this distinction that we think looks a certain way, but everyone was so different from me. Um, I joke sometimes when I'm giving different talks that Governor School was the first place where I met a vegetarian. Because I was from a small rural mill town. Mm -hmm. I grew up somewhere where if you said you were a vegetarian, they're like, well, don't you like animals? <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> why? Why, wouldn't you why wouldn't you eat meat? Mm -hmm. um, it's where I met people of different faiths, of no espoused faith belief. Um, and so one of the incredible things I love most about Governor's School is it takes a title that I think a lot of kids have found isolating, maybe even in their home schools of, of being particularly gifted or being academically motivated. And, and at times and in places that can be an isolating distinction or, or you are um, you fall into norms that are defined by other people. And when you get to governor's school, you see the full plurality of what that can look like. It looks like people of, of different political beliefs or religious beliefs or geographical origins or, you know, just general life outlooks. That's one of the unique things that I think governor's school provides. What I'll also uh, go back to is this idea of changing how we look at education and educators. Um, as a public school teacher, I am Miss Jones from August to May. At Governor School, I'm Kim. And mm -hmm. that comes at no lessening of my authority as a facilitator and as an adult in this space to, to navigate and to create a safe and ordered learning environment. But it does change how we think about our roles in this community, um, you know, in school, I'm your evaluator, I'm the adjudicator of your work. At Governor's School, I'm the facilitator of your personal progress. And that's gonna look different for the 17 or 18 kids in my area three class in each one of those sections. And you are going to be the person evaluating that growth. And you're going to decide how much you want to lean in or how much you need to lean back and reassess. And there's not a fixed outcome. And it's my goal to support that growth for each one of you. And in getting to know me as Kim, the person, I also get the chance to learn you, Catherine, or if Rodney were my student, you, Rodney, and facilitate what healthy and appropriate growth looks like for you or the things that you tell me I really want to explore. It might be, hey, Kim, we talked about this today. Do you have any book recommendations? And it may not be a topic that I can come back to in the course of an actual lesson plan, but there might be a book or a piece of art or a podcast or in Rodney's case, another symphony, another work by this composer that sets this kid off on a very unique 
um, learning journey that has its own very personal outcomes. And that's another thing that I, I think that governor school provides that lots of, of learning opportunities don't, the interpersonal nature between faculty and, and staff. I love that so much because I was just thinking earlier, you had mentioned that they learn so much, but it's also the the skills that they go, they take away with sometimes whatever you put in is what you're going to get out like so much. And I, I, that's so beautiful that they, you know, that you're facilitating that learning. I feel like that's something that, I don't know, I feel like I've heard over the years of, of teachers being facilitators, but I feel like so many times it's, here's the knowledge. Let me give you the knowledge. You learn the knowledge, regurgitate it on a test, and that kind of thing keeps happening. But I just love this idea. And I feel like that's something that I'm doing more this year in this AIG role, but being that facilitator of helping them, guiding them along this journey. And I like the idea of them leaning in as much as they want and giving them that freedom to take it wherever it might go. I just think that's such a cool experience for kids to have. And if I could just build on a couple of things Kim said, one is the relationship with a faculty member at Governor School is a little bit different because they all live on campus, right? There's a faculty residence hall, but they're following the schedule. We're very lucky that most of our faculty attend the campus events with students and they have this shared experience. And when they're in the dining hall, you never know when a student might come up and ask you a question or sit down beside you. And as a public school teacher myself, that lunchtime teachers and students were not, you might have lunch duty, but otherwise like you're taking care of other business. And so it's a different environment. And I had a student recently tell me governor school was really the first place where uh, a teacher interacted with them in a way that made them think their ideas were valuable. And so I think that is what you're talking about with facilitation. I think that's part of it. But one of the things I like to say to students when they ask the benefits is one of the things we're trying to do, our logo has a flame. And one of the things we're trying to do is to rekindle that inherent curiosity that we all have and love of learning. I have three children. They have passed this stage I'm about to describe, but when they were very little, when we would go outside, it was like wherever we were, it was a playground. Like, why is the grass like this? Look at this bug. Look at why does it have that many legs? Why is the sky this way? There was a curiosity. Look at all this amazing stuff. Whereas as adults, we walk around and we're like, these bugs are irritating. I need to call the pest control. I, we're worried about our next thing. And we just take all that for granted. And so what we're trying to do is to remind students that what we do in public schools is very necessary and very noble work. But what we're trying to do at governor school is remind students that learning is something that you are interested in, whether you are a student who's very successful in school or a student who's not as successful in school, there's something you're very interested in. As we speak, my my children are upstairs and I'm sure they're playing video games. They're very interested in learning about those video games right now. But trying to remind students of that and present them with ideas that will take them in different directions. We want them not just to take the information, but go, okay, I have that information. How can I follow through? Like Kim alluded to as well, like how they can dig a little deeper. And taking a, a lot of these are very high achieving students that come to us and taking the burden of grades and tests which they're very good at, but also letting them know, like in this space, you don't need to be the top ranked person. You don't like, we want your contribution. We want you to hear everyone else's contribution, but we're going to, we're just here to learn and and students can help direct that path within some parameters. If there's something they're interested in and our teachers have freedom too to alter things. They certainly, there are parameters and oversight. And I've had the joy of witnessing brilliant teaching, including Kim on our campuses over the years. 
And we are so lucky to have that. So I would say the faculty, the sort of different approach to knowledge and what we're trying to accomplish with them. And I think that, you know, I've said this many times, it's trite, but we want our classes to be something where the learning doesn't stop at the classroom door, but it, it spurs conversations later on. Like if, you know, if the three of us were in different areas, I would hope that night that there would be a conversation at, at the, if we happen to eat together at the cafeteria table that, you know, Hey, what'd you do? Okay. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. And we could explore that. And so that's what we're hoping for. And I think that's something that, you know, sets it apart from most experiences. I think that's, that's so neat that they also have, I'm sure the freedom to just make mistakes too. Like, since it's like, this isn't like school, school, like you don't have to be amazing at this, try something, make a mistake. It doesn't work out. Okay. I'm sure that's very freeing for kids. Cause just from my experience, these kids put a whole lot of pressure on themselves or they're getting that pressure from someone else. And I've had kids that they're just so concerned about their grades and just, I feel like that must be very freeing for them to not have to worry about that. Do you have an academically talented child who's looking for a challenging and exciting summer program? Summer Institute for the Gifted provides innovative academic programs for exceptional students from all over the world. Enroll now at some of the top universities in the country, including UNC Chapel Hill, for courses like robotics, creative writing, and neuroscience. These courses are designed to engage and inspire your child, allowing them to grow into the next best version of themselves. To learn more and enroll, visit our website at giftedstudy.org. So I was really surprised when I was looking over the things that Governor's School provides I was surprised to see that there are art programs um, like theater, visual arts, music. And I just think that's so great that those things are also offered um, as well as regular academics. Um, So what do those art programs, what do those look like? So all of our programs are focused on contemporary ideas and theories. And at this point, we used to say 20th and 21st century ideas, but we're 23 years into the 21st century. So for the most part, we're focusing on 21st century ideas. So with orchestra or instrumental music, we have usually it is new pieces. Sometimes they are brand new pieces. We've had premieres on our campuses where it's the first time something's been performed, but it usually changes the perception of music, right? What what are they playing? How is it different? What are new trends in music? What are we seeing? And it's it's not what they're experiencing in their high schools, hopefully. That's one of the things we ask is we want to make sure this is not a repeat of things that they're seeing in their high school. And so when you have an orchestra concert, it, it may sound very different than what you're accustomed to. You may find it, um, you know, something that gives you pause. What is it? What is it trying to say? And I, I do think the folks that teach our instrumental music section are really good at making their concerts teaching experiences as well as um, you know for the students who are a part of the instrumental music uh, program so that the students can learn as well letting us know about the the artists that composed it um, any information about the performance history or context for it things of that sort are really important when we look at theater It is, I think one of the things they do amazingly is they provide an opportunity for all of our theater students to shine. We don't want them to have a one person show and the other 20 members of theater just sitting back and 
watching that. But one of the things I will share that has been done for a couple of years is a shift towards students writing original pieces that are performed. One of the things that's happened on one of our campuses is something called 30 Plays in 60 Minutes. And so what they do is they students write original plays that are two to three minutes long. And obviously they're very brief. Um, they have to get the approval of, of the faculty and the faculty works with them to set up the props, et cetera, et cetera. And so it, it really teaches students that they can be writers as well as performers um, and, and just giving them some freedom. One of the stories I got from this summer was the, the person in charge of theater telling me it was in giving students freedom to to perform or choose the direction of their performance. Some students really struggle with that because they were accustomed to like, just tell me where to go, what to say, how to say it, what context, whatever. And so giving them some freedom and recognizing that they have these abilities. And we look at visual art. We have all sorts of different media that are used in visual art. We have, we have painting, we have sketches, we have sculpture, we have found object art pieces, just amazing items that are there. I attended in choral music. That was life-changing for me. And just what is possible with the voice and, and the collaboration inherent in these things of working with others and to make something beautiful and also being presented with things that, you know, it, it was different. It wasn't just for, I mean, certainly there's a performance, but it wasn't as much about the show per se as just like exploring this piece of music, seeing where it would take us and then dance as well. Um, they are focused on modern dance. We have students who come from a variety of backgrounds of dance. Some are more ballet focused, some are more jazz focused, some are more like school dance team focused. And they come together and create these amazing performances each summer that really challenge your perception of, of what that will be. And if you have the opportunity to attend a governor school performance, we would we'd love to have you come visit and see what that looks like. Um, but it is simply amazing. I've often said when I was still working on site, uh, for me, it was always a haven to go into the classrooms, right? As an administrator, when you're dealing with all sorts of issues that come up the day or whatever, I could go sit in the classroom. And for me, it was often choral music, but I could go sit, watch the kids for about 10 minutes and be like, okay, that's why we do this. And it's amazing. And the performance is the same way it is. And to see not only the smiles on the students' faces, but also the parents' faces who come and see that. And so the arts also are sort of a unifying, every area has its, they have their performance or presentation and all areas, whether it's the natural science research presentations, everybody has their moment, but it's great for this community because they see what their peers are doing and they celebrate that and really lift each other up. And by the time the session's over, if we've done our job properly, everybody's had that moment uh, of celebration. It's expected for areas of the arts because by definition, like if you're going in chorus, you expect there's going to be a concert or the same with orchestra or theater, or, um, but, you know, with, with like English or other things, you may not expect it, but we've worked to make that a moment for everybody. But the arts are fundamentally a key. I know there's some folks who've said like in other states, there are governor schools that have governor school for the arts or governor school for the academics or whatever. But I really think the mingling of the two is what makes it magical because you see what these people are capable of. And for me, it makes me love my home state even more because I realize the variety and amazing talents and skills that are here. They're everywhere around you. You just don't know it. I wanted to go back to something you said that I thought was so cool that every child is getting that equal shot to shine. Like whenever you said, I think you said how many plays in 60 minutes? It's 30 plays in 60 minutes. And the, that's plays. just the theater kids that put those on. But yeah, but every kid gets an opportunity to have, they all write something. They're required to write something. And they can get their friends to be in it. That can be a monologue, but they have to write it, produce it, 
they have to get the props, they have to lead people through it. And it's a pretty amazing thing to see what students come up with. Um, and really, and I think Kim, you could speak to this too, but for a lot of our faculty, that's a real highlight of the summer is to see that. And then of course they've done traditional performances as well of, of plays that were written by professional playwrights. And, uh, but what we, even if we do that, we want them to take a different angle than perhaps they would see in their school productions. I definitely agree that there's something magical about being an educator and getting to see your students perform, like getting to see them do something that you can tell they're proud of themselves or they've worked hard for it and they're nervous and, or they've like, they're, I don't know, they finally get to it. Just the other day, we had a performance for Hispanic Heritage Month. And I have so many students in my class this year that are also in dual language, which I think is really interesting, um, an interesting correlation. And they were performing and it was just, it just warms your heart. And you're exactly right. It reminds you of why you're doing this because getting to see them go up there and just use their talents and abilities. They were speaking in English and speaking Spanish and they were singing and they were celebrating different cultures and it's just really cool to get to see them. And I can definitely see how that would like really um, just like remind teachers of their why when they get to go in and see those things or, or see those performances. And I just want to say one of the things in teaching at a high school in a long time, and this may not be true of every high school, there are certain things that everybody kind of celebrates. Like you go to, if you have a really good basketball team and you go to that game, like everybody's going to be on their feet screaming for that basketball team. At the, and that's great. I love sports. Please hear me. But mm -hmm. At the governor's school, what's amazing is you have that level of support for all of those events. You have standing ovations for the performances. You have people screaming their roommate's name or whatever. And it gives everybody, you know, there's so much negativity in the world. And just to have these moments where they get to feel celebrated is, it's just, it's wonderful. And, and it is organic. We don't tell them to stand up. We don't tell them to clap. We, I've never heard a faculty member say, hey, make sure you stand up because at governor's school, we applaud each other. But it's, it is magical to see that organically happen. And I've been lucky enough to be on both campuses and see that it happens pretty consistently on both campuses. And there's just a lot of love there. They love the performance and it's genuine celebration of what they've done, but they also love their community. And, and so that's a beautiful thing to see develop over the course of the four weeks. And I just think of how encouraging that must be for a student who may be like back home and they're like homeschool, didn't quite feel maybe as supported or maybe as like, you know, like, oh, this is so important. What you're doing, your talent is so important. Maybe they didn't quite feel that way at their homeschool, but then getting to come here and be celebrated and they're like, wow, okay, I'm going to keep going with this. I don't know. I feel like it might give them that push to continue with that skill that they have. All right. So we've talked so, so many great things about governor's school, but is there anything you can think of that might set it apart from other opportunities for gifted children that might already be out there? Is there anything that you can think of that really sets it apart? Um, I, I will say this, um, and I think it's tied to what Rodney said. Um, I think the merging of the traditional academic and the artistic is a, a unique experience. And while our students, yes, are developing their skills in their academic or their artistic area, that leaving a better oboe player or a better mathematician is not the goal. Um, you will leave a better mathematician or oboe player because you've been exposed to contemporary ideas, but because you're being presented with contemporary ideas. The point is 
It's what we tell our students all the time. You're not going to master this today. It's the first time you've seen it. That's not the expectation that you play this contemporary piece and now you have all these new skills. It's you play this contemporary piece and now you see yourself differently as an artist, perhaps an area where you can now develop these skills, playing asynchronous music, singing atonally. These are not things that necessarily come natural to your day-to-day -day work in this skill, thinking about mathematics theoretically, thinking about sudden fiction as opposed to these very thoughtful compositions that you might be creating in an AP course. And I, I especially love the fact that these students are rising juniors and seniors and they are, and one of the things that I told my kids all the time in my area three courses, very soon, someone is going to ask you to define yourself in 750 to a thousand words. Your transcripts are identical. When I am building a collegiate environment, I'm building a community. This is a summer where you get to explore who you are, not what you do, not a label that the state has given you, not a test score that you have earned. You get a chance to discover who you are. And particularly for my course, begin to evaluate, do I like who that person is? Because there's a difference between being successful and liking how I met that success. Am I successful because it's come at the trampling of other people, their feelings, their thoughts, in this, this purely capitalistic version of, of academic success where I win at all cost? Am I the best artist or the best actor because I never ran lines with someone else? The governor's school is a chance to begin to evaluate, okay, all things being equal, you're all smart. And, yes, and. In my class, we focus on the and because I already know the yes. You wouldn't be here without the yes. So now what? Who are you outside of these things? And here are six weeks where we begin to explore who that person is. Because as I said, very soon someone's going to ask you about yourself and you don't get to talk about the GPA because that was the cost for admission. What you have to do now is talk about who you are and how you're going to add to a collegiate community. And this is a chance to begin to think about what are some of those passions that you would want to explore in college? What are some of those personal traits that you bring to a dorm life? What kinds of safe communities do you facilitate? How would you contribute to a thoughtful thought community on your campus outside of the grades you achieve in a class. And I think presently, a lot of our gifted and talented students really struggle with that because for so long, they have been identified by a cutoff score or a GPA. And Governor's School is a place that gives students the safety facilitated by thoughtful, intentional adults and facilitators to begin to maybe lower some of those masks and think about themselves in a different way and think about, again, who they are, who they want to be, and, and whether they like that person. I often tell my students, this is not about, I often would tell my students, my goal is not to change how you see the world. If you are living in a nice little box, by all means, live in it. My goal is for you to know the lines that make that shape. 
My goal is for you to evaluate who drew those lines and whether or not you're satisfied with them. If you're saying, no, this is a hardcore belief and boundary for me, Kim, great. How did it get to be there? Who placed it there? And are you okay with that boundary? If you are, by all means, leave it there. But if you're not, let's think about how it ended up there and what we might do to grow or expand. Or even if you go, oh, this feels really, this feels really big and I'm not comfortable with that. How do we draw a new line that's perhaps a bit more conservative and closer to yourself? And I think for a lot of our students, that's a new practice. That level of self-reflection and personal evaluation. And again, I don't set that measure. I don't set that litmus. My students do. And just the safety of being invited to do that and being supported in doing that is profound for a lot of students who feel a lot of pressure and place a lot of pressure on themselves to hit these sort of deliverable measures. And for me, that is something very, very um, special and unique to the Governor's School program. Wow, Kimberly, I would like to take your class. That is just, that's so powerful. Like, do you like who you are? And, and really being honest about your transcript looks very similar to a lot of other students' transcript. And I was thinking as you were saying all this, I'm like, this has got to be difficult for some of these kids to really look internally at themselves. And because I'm sure, like you said, they've been defined by their grades or defined by all these pieces of data about them and not so much as internally. Absolutely, Catherine. And the the goal is not for it to be some, you know, oh my God, quarter life (laughs) crisis, but I, I do think it's important. I think it's empowering for my kids mm-hmm. to begin to ask those questions that I'm not yeah. defined um, and to understand that their worth is not attached to those, you know, those deliverable measures of success. I want my kids to know whether you rock this out or you fall on your face, my respect, my affection for you is grounded in your humanity. And what we get to do here is appreciate each other's humanity without the the race of rank or grades. And this may be the only six weeks where you feel like you're allowed to do this for the next four years. But it is that kind of interpersonal work that we build our lives on. That's what our friendships are about. It's about recognizing humanity in someone else and going, gosh, that person has something about them that I really, and I want to know more about it. Or gosh, this person has something in common with me, or this person is really different from me, but they have a joy that I want to know more about, or they see the world in a really different way. And yet we both come to this same conclusion. How did they get there? And to Rodney's point, that kind of curiosity, both intellectual and interpersonal is what keeps us growing and and learning and thriving throughout our whole lives. I think the tenacity of curiosity is what Governor's School facilitates for kids and for faculty every summer. Wow, what a powerful experience. Rodney, did you want to add anything before we move on? I would just say it it is a powerful experience for students. And I like the way Kim said it. We're not looking to cause a crisis for students, but there is a moment for a lot of students at the beginning of the session 
where they begin to look around the room and and it is a little jarring to realize they're not the most you know they're not the brightest bulb in the room always and and that's okay mm-hmm. that they're going to learn from these people and and grow and they're going to care about these other people and that that is something that is it's a little bit of a shift that I think naturally happens. We want students to enjoy this experience and learn from it, but that's, it is a common enough thing. That is something we're prepared for to help students with that. And so I think Kim expressed that beautifully. So I still think it's just so cool that you both attended governor's school, taught there Um, throughout all those different experiences. What would you say, or what are maybe a memorable experience that um, has stood out to you from those times that you've attended and then taught? That honestly is a question to me. I was, it is tough to sift through. There's obviously the divide between my experience as a student and my experience as a a teacher and administrator and, and now working for DPI. But I would say as a student, the big experience for me was just coming to a place like this. And I remember the choral director was from Oklahoma and was a college professor. And I was like, I, I don't know it's amazing he's come here to give us this opportunity, but that that he and his team saw value in me and took the time to work with me and talk to me and tell me that I had something to offer. Um, and whereas I think my experience coming in was sort of like, okay, just keep your head down. You'll be okay, but nobody needs to know uh, mm-hmm. that you don't belong here. And, um, but, you know, just to, to have that opportunity and to meet, for me, meeting folks from all over the state, one of the things we are set up that there should be a student from every corner of the state at the governor's school. We are designed that way. And to meet people who are from different parts of the state, as Kim detailed, have all sorts of different backgrounds, whether it's economically, racially, religious, all sorts of backgrounds, politically, and have conversations and talk to them. And And this is a small thing, but governor's school was the first place that I was at where after day one, you didn't have unofficial seating at the cafeteria, right? You have that moment where you come out of the high school cafeteria and you're looking around, where's my friend? And the first one you sit with, because it's you're, you're looking for that piece of wood after the ship sinks, and you go and you sit with them and you know, that you're locked in. That's where you sit now. And at governor school, it, as small as it may seem, I distinctly remember like it was a place where you could just walk through and sit down with people. And if you knew them, great. And if you didn't, that was okay. You were about to know them. And so that was changing. And as a teacher, just seeing the impact on students year after year, the experience is different and the school's evolving and the school should always be different each year because the kids have different needs and the world is a different place. But each year seeing students grow to care about each other and care about the place and care about what they have built. And I've seen this on our two campuses and on the different college campuses that have hosted us over the years. And the solid through line are the students and teachers. And I would say for me, it's watching those students. Uh, Years ago, there was a student who she was very much both in terms of her art and she was a, a with instrumental music and both in terms of her art and her academics, she was top notch. Like she was just a high achieving kid. And I happened to observe her in a instrumental music improvisation class. And when I walked in and saw that she was there, I thought, Oh, oh, this, she's going to be like, give me some music. I will play it and I'll play it better than anybody in this room. And I will excel. And then the assignment that day was to go walk around outside, find something in nature and make music with it. And I thought, Oh my, Oh, I I just really, and she, just to watch her thrive in that environment and to be inspired by that and to take that and run with it, it was just a magical thing. And that happens a hundredfold each summer. We have 800 kids and they're in whatever area they're in that is happening. And to get to go and see this each year 
is remarkable. And that's why anyone who talks to me about the governor's school, if you can come and see student presentations, performances, or visit classrooms, what is happening there and these students and faculty collaborating, it consistently, there are new stories every year. Students who are coming from very humble beginnings who are thriving in the governor's school or folks who are coming to the governor's school and finding they have connections there that maybe in a few weeks, those will be the friends that they stay with. We get lots of stories that I just love of people who stay in touch with their governor school friends for decades after they leave governor school. And I've often said to students over the last decade, you have no excuse. 30 years ago, there were snail mail and landlines, and now you've got a million ways to stay in touch. Don't lose touch. You've got that opportunity. And many of them were thrilled to know they do. And, um, you know, as they move on into college and into their lives beyond that. I absolutely concur with what Rodney said about the power of faculty to to help you see yourself differently um, and validate parts of yourself that you maybe didn't even know needed validation. Um, your uniqueness as a learner, your unique talent and perspective that you have a voice that deserves to be heard. Um, from my own governor experience, I'll get really specific and then I'll talk briefly about a quick um, reason I feel that way as a facilitator. I will never forget uh, as a student um, the drama department, the English department, and the dance department came on together and did a production of Plato's Allegory of the Cave. And there are literally times I'm driving down the road and the cave-like prison is the world of sight and the light of the fire is the sun will run through my head. And I go back to that moment of being 17 and, and first encountering Plato. As a teacher, probably one of the most amazing experiences um, that I've had is the chance to, as an adult, I feel safe in this role, but to offer representation for students and to students. 51% um, of our students in North Carolina public schools are students of color. Less than 25% of our teachers are teachers of color. And for many of my students at governor school, I was the first African-American teacher they ever had, um, black or white. And I will never forget at the end of the summer, I have my students write letters to themselves that I will mail um, at the end of their senior year. But I had a student write me a letter and she said, Kim, you showed me for the first time in my life that it was okay to show up as my full self in an academic setting. As a young woman of color, I'm usually the only person like me in these courses, and I feel the need to mask so much about who I am and where I come from and even the foods I eat. And you normalized Blackness and womanhood in a way that has never been normalized for me in a school setting, and it was freeing. And I've gotten similar letters from my, my predominantly white students to go, you, your, this class was the first time I learned from someone who didn't look like me or didn't share my background or perspective. And it has helped me to change how I see the world. Um, and so, again, I will forever credit Governor School for that student experience and the amazing uh, moment that I, I got to offer that as a facilitator for other kids. Wow, how special. Oh my gosh, to get that letter. 
that reminds me of when I almost reminds me when I went to college, like how I just was like exposed to, to just so many different walks of life and so many different people. Cause I'm from a very uh, rural area for, uh, around here. And I feel like I encountered so many people who believed in different things than me. Like you said, ate different food, different cultures and that's just such a, a powerful thing to have your teacher be, you know, someone that you could look to maybe and identify with, but also maybe your teacher's different than you. I, I just think that's such a powerful and special experience for these kids to have and special that you got that letter. I just think that's just so sweet. And I, and I will say now um, from my current position and, and to speak a little bit to Rodney's role as North Carolina teacher of the year the investment that North Carolina makes, the unique investment that North Carolina decided to make to invest in this kind of growth and this kind of opportunity for students across our state, particularly right now, is more needed and more necessary than maybe it has been before to show our students the power of intellectual discourse that is respectful and free-flowing and multifaceted as they are presently observing a world that seems to be throwing out a lot of really easy answers to complex questions and where we're being siloed into echo chambers of homogenous thought, the work of governor's school and the work uh, that our students engage in every summer is critical to our state and our nation's future. And I just, I it cannot go without being acknowledged in this conversation how critical the continued investment in this program is not only to our students, but to our state at large. Definitely. I agree. How true. And and if I can just piggyback on that, I, Kim, I love, I love what you're saying there. And I, I do think it has always been a point of pride for me as a lifelong North Carolinian that we were the first governor school in the nation. There are governor schools throughout the country. And I was recently for, I don't need to go into it, but I was looking at some things that other governor schools were doing and it filled me with pride from one of them said we were founded based on the, the example of the North Carolina governor school. This was another state. And I think it is something that this is, you know, we started in 1963, so 60 years ago. Uh, and this is something that the state has supported and done for its gifted students. We've had remarkable alumni who've gone on to great success. We've had a, an attorney general of the United States. We've had performers. We've had a recent Academy Award winner who went to the North Carolina School of the Art. I mean, excuse me, uh, North Carolina Governor School. And so, you know, we, we've got amazing people who have come through here We've come through this program and people are sharing that with us all the time. But I think it's a credit to our state that this is something that has endured through a lot's changed in 60 years. And the governor's school has changed in 60 years, but it's something that the North Carolina, the, the voters and legislators in North Carolina have chosen to, to keep going. And we're very proud of that. And we also see that as part of our, you know, we are here to serve the state. We serve the students of the state and the students who come to us and they are amazing. But I think it's worth reminding people that these students are amazing and they need programs like this. Um, and, and so 
Um, that is something I think we need to remember. This is at this point, it is a legacy that has been passed down to us and we need to make it what it needs to be for our current crop of students and, and be very proud of that, but look towards the future, knowing that each year in the future, the governor's school should get better. Every edition of the governor's school should be the best one ever. We've been talking a lot about students who are gifted and I want to talk about the divide that term can sometimes cause. Sometimes it can lead to misconceptions. It can even prevent students from being identified because they don't check these preconceived boxes. Do you agree that the term gifted is problematic? And if so, would you rename it? I think it can be problematic. I think in and of itself, it's not. I think how we define that term um, and the limits that we put. I'm an English teacher, so words mean things. Um, but I, I also believe that language is alive and, and we live and experience the fact that definitions can grow and expand. And so I, I think the concept in and of itself is not problematic as long as we don't um, place upon it rigid structures that do not account for the plurality of, of gifts and talents that can reveal themselves. And I think the fact that we, in general, have moved from simple, that concept of talent identification to talent development, um, and that gifts, like all things, take time and they take nurturing, I think that's the most important thing to keep at the front of mind. In and of itself, no, I don't have a problem with the term, but I do believe that as Rodney hinted to, the same way that governor school has evolved, I believe language evolves and how we define what a gift is and how we define giftedness. As long as it continues to evolve, I don't think that the word itself is the problem. I think that's beautifully said, Kim. I think that Anytime we have a term like this, we want students to develop their gifts. We also want students to see that there are, even though there are categories that lead students to be labeled as gifted, that all students have gifts. Those gifts are different and can be developed differently and can be developed differently over time. I think once you start teaching, you see this, there are beautiful things happen in the lives of students over the course of the semester or year that you teach them, or if you're lucky enough to teach student, the same students over a period longer than a year and, and you see those gifts develop. And I think it's a, a, I think where any label can be problematic is when it's used to be divisive, to either make kids feel somehow superior or inferior or other in some way that makes it hard for them to fulfill their potential. And I think that's what we're looking at is how can we aid in the development of those skills and talents and gifts and how can we help students recognize those things in the same way we recognize perspective is something governor school can provide. You know, I, 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 you asked earlier about my own experience. One of the things I learned was coming from a very small town. I always thought I can do this thing here, but I can do it here. I'm not going to, I'm, who am I to go out and go seeing or do something else out, out there. But then governor school was a place where you can have other people say, okay, you can still do that here. Or this is something you're not limited to just where, you know, where you're from. And it just altering the perspective and letting them know the possibilities that are out there and then letting them make decisions for themselves. But I think to go back to your original question, I would agree with Kim. I don't think in and of itself, it's a problem. It's, it's like so many things in language and in education. How is it used and what is it used for to aid that student in their ability to develop and grow and serve their community? 
So before I wrap up, is there any question I didn't get to that you would like to talk about? I, I don't think so. I think we've had an opportunity to share what the governor's school is and the opportunities it provides for students. I, I think that, um, you know, it, I, I just want to say I'm very grateful Kim was a part of this. We've been, I love, as someone who's been at governor's school for a very long time, it is a beautiful thing to see folks who are students. And of course, everyone, I mean, we can't have everybody come back and work at the governor's school, but to see someone go from that journey from student to working at the school to go on to other things, it is, it's just a beautiful thing to see. And I'm so glad that Kim was able to be a part of this and also to also be someone that we can, we can now point to as a role model for students. This is someone who, at least symbolically sat where you sat. Um, you know, we may be on a different campus than we were when Kim was there, but, but, and, and these are things that are possibilities. And of course, everyone's not going to go on to be teacher of the year, but the idea that you can excel and do things beyond your expectations. I think that is what letting people know there are possibilities and opportunities out there beyond what they know right now, even if they are from a very privileged background. And so I think governor school is a great opportunity to do that. But I, I'm so pleased that anytime I have always said, you know, our best advocates are our students. And so having Kim here as a former student and seeing it from those lenses, such a great benefit to this. And we're so proud of Kim and glad she was able to help us out. Thanks, Rodney. Catherine, I will say that. And I will also say this, that irrespective of what our kids go on to achieve, they leave differently. And as a result, a hundred counties in North Carolina become better because they take those talents back home and they return home different. They return with a different view of themselves, with a different view of education. And that ripple effect all across our state matters. And it leads to progress. Each one of those kids become a seed in every county, in every school, in every school districts, their schools, their faith communities, their teachers, their friends see that difference. They see that growth and they are made better because of it. And I don't think that that can go without acknowledgement and prioritizing that Yes, I am so proud to be an alumnus and to be able to speak from this platform, but there are tens of thousands of North Carolina students and people who have gone on into the world at large who have taken this transformed idea about education and being a person in the world who is thoughtful and curious and tenacious, and they make the world better every day. And that is a gift that just keeps on giving. It honestly does. And I don't think either of us have said this, if it's redundant, forgive me, but like governor school is a place that values questions. And we try to help students see, especially now, I mean, it was true 35 years ago when I was a student there too, but it's even more so now. We all walk around with phones that I can find answers to all sorts of questions. I can find the answers. But the key in our society is knowing the questions to ask and being open to questions and being open to the the why or the you know, what, what does that mean? What are the ramifications and questioning that and whether they're taking it back to their classroom. I remember one of my favorite students of all time in my English class sitting there one time and we were asked to do a program in that class that I'll confess, I was perhaps not a hundred percent advocate of, but I was doing my job and the student kept going, okay, I understand we have to, but why, what, why? 
And it was funny because as a teacher, I was having to walk that line of going, okay, I don't have any choice. I'm doing this, but also being so internally filled with respect for that student because they were pushing me in a very respectful way, but they mm -hmm. were pushing me to say, okay, I understand we have to do this, but you need to explain to me why. And, and as an educator, understanding it, it's my responsibility to be able to answer that question. I owe that to the students. And so sending them out to governor from governor school with a newfound respect for questions and not to feel like it's taken me 50 years to figure out that asking questions is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of curiosity. It's a sign of a desire to learn uh, and an acknowledgement of I, Catherine, I need your help or Kimberly, I need your help and more than I do. So I want to learn that. And so if there one takeaway from governor school is to go into the world, asking more questions, being more curious, I think that is life altering in such a positive way. I feel like sometimes asking questions could be looked at as a negative thing or like, why are you asking? Just accept it. I don't know that questioning quality could sometimes, I don't know, come across in a negative way. So I think that's so powerful for the students, but I also would wonder like how, how the faculty comes away from governor's school after that summer, the impact it's had on them as an educator and just being more open to those students asking all types of questions sometimes, even when you're feeling like, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm sure that's very powerful for the faculty and the teachers. I think you hit the nail on the head too, of the freedom to say, I don't know. And to know that if one of the two of you says, I don't know about something right now, I'm not going to judge you for that or be like, I'm out. We're seeing that the first step to knowledge is saying, I don't know. And moving on from that. And I would say as a teacher for me and I'm sure Kimberly's had several things, but like as a teacher, I would teach and and in June I was pretty wiped. And then I would come to governor school and it was just like refreshing coming back to governor school. And I would take ideas. I would try things at governor school that then I would take into my public school classroom and go, okay, it's going to work. And what was remarkable about a lot of the things that were really successful at governor school with these brilliant students from all over the state, I would take them back. And whether it was my most gifted students at my high school, or it was the lowest students I ever taught, they could thrive in that environment, but they appreciated having something that challenged them and respected them as learners and thinkers and questioners. And I have found some of the best questions I ever got were from students who would never, ever get to governor school, but they were still, they had that curiosity and they wanted to know, and they saw the value of questions. And so for me, it fueled my teaching for over 20 years and was an amazing thing. Absolutely. Ditto to everything Rodney said. It it drove me to be far more intellectually vulnerable in my classroom and to join with my students in my public school classroom to pursue knowledge together. Like when we got to that point where we all had this question or I knew I didn't have the answers to then talk about, okay, so how do we find answers to questions that we have and how do we evaluate sources, which I think is such a critical skill for our kids because you can find an answer to any question you ask. Is it the answer you need to accept? And how do we evaluate perspectives and sources, et cetera? But modeling that and being okay with the vulnerability, which is why I said I think the idea that we establish ourselves as instructors and facilitators at Governor School is, is so huge. And I try to take more of that facilitation mindset into my, my public school classroom, that I don't have to be the sage on the stage with all of the answers and the, the start and the beginning of, of knowledge in my classroom, that my students' questions are, are what guide knowledge in my classroom. 
I think that's one of the, one of the coolest things about being a teacher for me, when I'm looking back is those moments when I didn't have an answer, there wasn't really a clear answer. And we got to have a discussion about all of our different ideas and thoughts. Like one time we were reading holes, which was just, it's one of my favorite books. And we were talking about, is it ever okay to tell a lie? And we had this discussion about like why the character was lying and well, his re- his intentions were good. It, it wasn't hurting. I don't know. We just had this really cool discussion and discourse around this idea. That, I mean, this was third graders and their whole lives. They've been told you should not lie. And then we discussed this whole new situation where it's like, well, this isn't like what we're normally used to. And I don't know. It's so cool to like open up that, that train of thought and that freedom to, you can say to your teacher, you think it's okay. Like we can talk about it. This is like a safe space to, to delve into that. And and I just, for me, that's what I'm thinking of. So I'm sure it's even cooler when you have that experience. Um, Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, both of you, for your time, all this information. If our listeners have more questions or they want to get in contact with you and um, further that conversation, what's the best way for them to get into contact with both of you? The best way to reach me is on social media. I'm on Instagram at Kim Jones Teaches. And my email is the same, Kim Jones Teaches at gmail.com. That's my official channel for teacher of the year and everything that I'm doing professionally. Um, and so folks are are welcome to to reach me uh, on either one of those platforms. And, and for me, you can go to the Governor's School website, which is um, on the DPI website, but you can also contact us via um, email at ncgovschool at dpi.nc.gov. Or if you want to reach out to me individually, it's just Rodney, R-O-D-N-E-Y dot Allen, A-L-L-E-N at dpi.nc.gov. And we'd love to hear people's questions about the governor's school. We're coming up on, you know, kids are completing applications right now. And and so I mean, it's, it's an exciting time for that process. So thank you for allowing us to talk about the governor's school and hopefully shine a light on this opportunity for our students. Thanks, Catherine. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on. This has been great. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's been a delight. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. We truly appreciate your time spent with us today. If you enjoyed this episode of They'll Be Fine, please consider sharing your thoughts. Leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Audible would mean the world to us, but we understand if it feels like a lot. Even a quick five-star rating or sharing this episode on your own social media can make a significant impact. Your support helps us reach more families and educators who are navigating and advocating for their gifted loved ones. We hope you'll join us on our next episode as we sit down with another amazing stakeholder in the gifted community. Until then, take care.